to a five-point game. Braden Smith on the drive. Yes! Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. We're on the BetQL Network. You can listen and watch us on twitch.tv slash BetQL. We're also on YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. You can listen to us for free on the Odyssey app. We're also on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Ken, it is time for some Lockatology. I am so excited. I was prepping for my show, send it in this morning. And, you know, it goes off at 1 o'clock. He sent the email around probably like 10 a.m. or something. I'm prepping for the show. And I opened up that email. I was sidetracked for like 30 minutes. How am I supposed to talk? about the Cincinnati Reds today when we have like a New Mexico, Florida 8-9 matchup. So I couldn't be more excited. That game's coming up a little bit later. We'll start with D-Gen Corner and Purdue right now, the number one overall seed, obviously losing on Sunday to Ohio State. They would get the winner of Merrimack and Eastern Kentucky. I kind of thought yeah, Mike Brown didn't say anything today. I go, I bet he's like pushing to get the graphics done. I bet he's like going to have them. And I was like, even though he didn't tell me, I was like, I bet he's going to have them. This makes me so happy. I was going to have oh. to like send people to the Twitter page. This is so it's good. And people are usually every, if you're listening to the show, you got to watch the show now. Like you're going to, you're going to get all the help in the world with what you want your bracket to look like. And, and what this is, this is the best guess about what the bracket would be right now. This is bracket matrix seated in a way where you don't have any conflicting matchups like second round, same conference, or, you know, I think I got most of the teams that played already this year. I think I got most of those out of there. So this is like a pretty authentic, like this is what it would be if uh, if the season, and you said Purdue number one overall, I think I have UConn number one overall, but like Purdue the number one seed in this region. It's like the, whatever, okay. it's just, it's February. It doesn't really matter the semantics right. anymore, but I uh, I can't believe we have the brackets, BJ. This is great. Sorry, go ahead. No, this this is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, as everybody can see on your screen right there, Purdue, the number one seed, they would get the potential winner if they do win uh, against Florida Atlantic or Texas. But, Ken, I just think I, most people, obviously, Purdue is going to be such a big topic of discussion once sure. we get into March. They're going to draw the comparisons to Virginia being the only one seeds to lose to a 16. They're going to be a one seed likely yet again. My angle on Purdue, I'm not going to bet any futures with them. And look, they very well could go to the Final Four. They very well could win the national championship. I'm not going to have any money on them. I got to see them do it. I got to see them prove to me that they can do it. My angle that I'm going to take on Purdue, Ken, I can't wait for the first round matchup against whatever 16 seed they draw. I'm going to take the 16 seed in the first half against Purdue. I'll never never forget. And that happened to Virginia? Yes, they played Gardner-Webb the, second year. the yeah. second year. I'll never forget. They played Gardner-Webb in the first yeah. half, and Gardner-Webb was up like halftime? double digits, right? Yeah. I, they were up They were up double. They might have been losing at halftime, but I know for sure Gardner-Webb <laughs> was up double digits. And, Ken, every yeah. Twitter was blowing up. People were like, this, like, this can't happen again. Like, surely – and I feel like the same thing's going to happen to Purdue where I think whatever team they play is going to get off to a nice little start – and everybody's going to be like, is Purdue, re- are they really going to do this again? Because at the end of the day, like it is Matt Painter, this is what sure. they do oh, against sure low seeds. Yeah. You know it's going to be a big first half number. So I cannot wait to see who they get in the first round. Whatever 16 seed it is, I'm going to take them in the first half. 
Yeah, sure. Let's. I'll give you my thought on Purdue, and then maybe we do the rest of the region. There are two mm-hmm. other teams in this region that I think are interesting for a few reasons. Uh, not even like that they would win the region, just like where they're seated and people should be thinking about them. So Purdue is going to be a team uh, that is going to produce extremely strong opinions on both sides because on a sheet of paper, uh, you will, you'll never find anything that says they shouldn't be a, a contender to win the national championship. They're going to be one of the best teams in the country. They're going to be balanced. They're going to have a two-time national player of the year. Like they're going to look like a team that you're going to want to have go really far in your bracket. And this is where like, not even the subjectivity of the tournament comes in, but like the, I don't know, like domain knowledge, the nuance of the tournament comes in because like, sorry, your coach is the worst coach in NCAA tournament history. Probably uh, Bart Torvik measures is a, a website people use and there are great college basketball resources which like the super fans all know like ken palm and bart torvik and evan maya and like all this stuff like this is all like this is stuff is all great torvik has this thing where it's it's coach performance against expectation and boy there are some dreadful coaches that we're going to talk about in this field in terms of doing that um two of them are actually in this region and the other one everybody thinks is good and he's not and it's the it's shaka smart on marquette but like mm-hmm. purdue is they're like the poster rick barnes used to be the poster child forever for like well the team's really good but in the tournament it's rick barnes and like even in the in the 2000s people were saying this and it was 20 years ago and like matt painter's the evolution of that I and mean, he's like the final boss of this thing because like you can't come up with a situation that hasn't happened to him and where he has gotten upset like it's happened to him every round every uh, every conceivable matchup like he's like he's lost to a 16 in the first round. He's lost to a 13 in the first round. He lost to St. Peter's in a with a week to prepare. He lost to St. Peter's on a Thursday night. Like I just it's so like yes, they can win and people can do the Virginia example and I guess it's valid cuz Tony Bennett's one of those guys too. Grady won the title and then last year he lost to Furman. Like a, which continues like an 11 year span of losing to a bad team, except the year that they won the title. So like your case for Painter is like, well, if Tony Bennett can do that and then keep losing to bad teams and not even bad teams, keep losing the teams that they're a heavy favorite over, then Matt Painter could do it. Uh, I guess my point would just be at a low price. Would you ever bet on it? Like, yeah, he could win and they could win just like a lot of teams could win. Would you would you bet on it if they're the third favorite or the second favorite? Uh, I wouldn't. And I have like some criteria that I keep to myself because if I share them, then everyone's going to use them and then they won't be mine anymore. And one of the criteria that I have essentially crosses off Purdue and says that there would be a historical outlier to win the tournament um, with their team composition. So like I have that and I have Painter and I have like Painter's history in the tournament. Uh, I am a hard pass on Purdue. I will have $0 on them to win the tournament. Uh, At no point during the tournament will I bet them to win it. That doesn't mean they can't make a deep run. The path could open up. A lot of things could happen. But dollars into the futures market on Purdue to win, uh, I will have zero. Yeah, no, I'm in complete agreement with you there. So they're the one seed in DGen corner. Ken, you said there were two other teams that uh, caught your interest in this region as well. What were the other uh, two teams? Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll just go. You did this, the first pod, right? Which is Purdue against a sixteen and FAU Texas. For the benefit of the, just the audio only audience, I'll read a couple of these off. But FAU Texas, the eight nine, which is like a great game, but I we can't talk about it yet. Um, Wisconsin is the five. They've been obviously like a, a funny team this year, like off to a great start, kind of like a remarkable 
bad stretch in Big Ten play where I feel like nobody knows what this is going to be the rest of the year. They would play mm-hmm. Grand Canyon right now, uh, who would be a 12. And there'll be two 12s that I would just draw people's attention to. And look, this will not be a unique opinion. You will get this from everybody. But the way the tournament works, everyone's going to be on a couple teams and everyone's going to be right. That's actually usually how it works with teams that are like that good. And Grand Canyon's one of them. Uh, I think it's pretty telling that like I I try to use kind of a consensus power rating. I have a couple people that do ratings that aren't public and I I talk to them and then I get like a couple of the public ones that everybody knows and I kind of aggregate them and that's where these numbers come from. And I I would make Wisconsin only four against Grand Canyon right now. And I got to be honest, I would bet Grand Canyon to win the game. Uh, They just strike me as like kind of the 12-13 metric darling, extremely well-coached, good team. Uh, Bryce Drew coaches the team this year. They lost two games. And uh, mm-hmm. that would be, I think, whoever they draw doesn't have to. It's not about Wisconsin, honestly. They could draw anybody. Um, and uh, you'll hear this from a lot of people because it's because I think they're right. This is not a, an opinion unique to me. Um, I would just if you're like me and you're kind of running in like, wait, what's going on this year? Like, who's good? I would immediately have Grand Canyon as the team where like Selection Sunday, who are they against? OK, as long as it's not like a way underseated you know, amazing team or something, then uh, then I would be looking to play them in an upset, uh, especially like money line, dog price, whatever's being offered in the market. I completely agree. Uh, Grand Canyon is a 12C that I would watch. You said it. Bryce Drew's their head coach. Whenever I'm back in mid-majors, I always like just like good, solid coaches who've kind of proven themselves yeah. at a power five level. Bryce Drew was great. With uh with Vanderbilt the one year he was there and then things kind of took a turn but they yeah, score I mean <laughs> things happen uh it's a great they game average, now. what do you want yeah, exactly uh they average eighty point seven points per game so they can score and this matchup specifically can like if they go up against a Wisconsin if they go up against a Clemson if they go up against yep. a team that plays at like a slower pace they've beaten San Diego State and Liberty this year you're talking about two defensive minded teams that play at a slower pace so I always like looking at that stuff. These mid-majors in their non-conference, who are the teams that they play? Who are the kinds of teams that they had success against? And Grand Canyon has played two hard-nosed teams that are really good on defense, that take care of the ball, that shoot the ball late in the shot clock. Like, that's that's Wisconsin. Even though they've had a better year offensively under Greg Gard than what you're accustomed to seeing uh, throughout the years, they, they're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. You mentioned the struggles recently in Big Ten play. So certainly that's a matchup that we get. Uh, I would like Grand Canyon, but they are definitely a 12 seed to remember. I think the 4-13 matchup too, Ken, is so good. Auburn, Samford. Anytime we get one of these like in-state games, right? Sure. Like where you get two teams from the state of Alabama. I remember when Wichita State played Kansas when you had Marshall against West Virginia, like the dogs won in both of those cases. I'm telling people right now, if there's a name in the coaching world you're gonna want to get familiar with, it's Bucky McMillan for Sanford. Ken, I think he could be like the next Nate Oates, and it's comparable to like kind of the path that he's taken. He coached, obviously going to school at the University of Alabama. I kind of know like of Bucky and some of these schools. Yeah, of course. And he was at, um, he did a really good job at Mountain Brook High School, like won a bunch of championships with them, turned them into a powerhouse. Then he got this job in uh, in Birmingham with Sanford, and they've just significantly gotten better year after year. They were 21-11 and 11 overall the last two seasons. They were 15-3 in conference play last year, and now this year they're 23-4, and 12-2 in conference play. They score like 88 points a game, 
So again, like this guy just reminds me so much of Oates. He kind of started in the high school ranks. Then he took the mid-major job like Oates did with Buffalo. And if you remember what Nate Oates did with Buffalo was they played in the 4-13 game against Arizona, a team that a lot of people liked, and they pulled off that upset. Would not shock me in the slightest if Sanford pulled off this upset against Auburn. So, uh, yeah, Bucky McMillan, the name to watch. This Sanford team can really score. And if they get to play against, like, Auburn or Alabama and you get one of those, like, in-state matchups, I just – it always gravitates me towards the underdog in a matchup like that. So, really, uh, really like Sanford in that game, too, plus the points. What was the name of that high school? Mountain Brook High School? Was that – Mountain Brook, yeah. Did, did you did, – was that, like, one of your rival high schools or something? Or, like, did you know about no, – like, well, how did you know about no, my, High School? No, my college roommate actually went to Mountain Brook, so that's how I knew of it. I mean, this – just, like, this is – this is already my favorite show of the year just because of this segment. I just like, like PG just gave you like four minutes on Bucky McMillan. I just, I love this show. I really do. Um, just like one of us. And just like, we all get to come together and do a show about this stuff. It's just really fun. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, Sam, Sam was the third team that I had circled to talk about. And you did an infinity times better job talking about them than I could. Um, yeah, look like Bruce Pearl at a huge number is going to be a, probably a play against, depending on the who the underdog is in uh, in a lot of situations in the NCAA tournament. Um, even the year that they made the Final Four, um, people will probably forget that in their first round game, they played, I believe, New Mexico State uh, in a 4-13, actually, I think. I think they were about six and a half and had to dodge like three game winner attempts from the dog in that game. I think it was New Mexico State and Auburn survived and then ends up going on. They beat North Carolina in the Sweet 16. They end up going on to, to make the Final Four. Um, so, like, they're just... I kind of always have them on my radar as like a big favorite play against has to be the right underdog, but they're good. I'll pick another team then and start this. And then we go to break. We'll talk about the, uh, the end uh, Nate Oates 2.0. And that's just, just like Bucky McMillan got like three minutes. And it's like for good reason, because if they end up winning their conference and they make the tournament, I agree with you. Uh, I, them and grand Canyon being on the same bracket is actually crazy. And like could produce a 2015. Uh, yeah. I talk about Kentucky. Get it? Kentucky's the six in this uh, mm-hmm. mock region. Butler in the first round here, Bucks. Uh, Iowa State is the three opposite them. Utah State, Mississippi State, and then Marquette's the two at the bottom of this region. And I would just tell people that uh, I think there was a lot of interest in Kentucky at the start of the year for good reason. Ton of good recruits, NBA level talent. This is nothing new with Calipari. Um, I understand that the expectations were really high. Uh, to me, the hay is in the barn with them. If you're not really good by now, it doesn't happen in the tournament. You don't want to be the hot team in the last three to four weeks of the year. That was Duke last year. They lost to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Everybody probably bet Duke in that game because everybody did and probably bet him in the second half too. And they got worked. So like they Kentucky has a chance to create a valuable betting opportunity. And this will sound so galaxy brain, but I mean it, they have a chance to create a good betting opportunity by being really good for the next month so that I can bet against them. Like this is uh, this team. I think I got this team nailed. I think they might kill it down the stretch here finally and like realize the expectations and I'll be hard against them because we see it every year and these teams never do anything. Especially after that big win against Auburn, Ken, right? It's got everybody believing now and uh, I'm with you. They're one of those paper tigers that you like to talk about. We'll break down those teams and move on to Moron Island. You better you bet presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley.